The uncommodified are the truly unforgettable. If you uncommodify yourself, you will not go unnoticed and you will definitely, definitely not be an out of sight, out of mind kind of person. Today we're going to uncover and investigate the last three powerful and provocative traits of the absolutely unforgettable leaders and influencers that I have the privilege of connecting with over the past 30 years. They were unrelenting, unfrozen, and unusually unselfish. And you and I can and must be too. Welcome to the Uncommodified Podcast. Thanks for listening in today. I'm Tim Windsor, and I'll be your host and guide for episode number six of the Uncommodified Podcast, entitled How to Be Absolutely Unforgettable. And it's the last of the three-part series. Here's a thought. Just before we really dig into this idea today, let's get unusually encouraged and plug our minds and plug our hearts into something positive and some positive thoughts and energy. This will help us set the tone for our time together. So I have a question for you. What are you unusually encouraged about today? What are you unusually encouraged about today in your life, your work life, your home life, your personal life? Here's a suggestion. Why don't you just pause the podcast and think about that for a minute or two? Embrace it, feel it, and enjoy it for a moment in your heart and in your mind. Let's do it. Right now, press pause. Okay, now from this incredibly positive place, let's explore this thought again. In my experience, the uncommodified are the truly unforgettable. And if you uncommodify yourself, you will definitely not be an out-of-sight, out-of-mind kind of person. In this episode, we're going to uncover and investigate the last three of the nine powerful and provocative traits of the absolutely unforgettable leaders and influencers that I've had the privilege of connecting with, they were unrelenting, they were unfrozen, and they were unusually unselfish. And that's what we're going to discuss today. As I mentioned in episode four and five, after spending countless hours contemplating and assessing what made these uncommodified outliers so unusually amazing to me and to others, I have distilled my reflections down to nine not-so-very-common traits that these absolutely unforgettable people all exhibited. My recommendation to you and to me is this. If we challenge ourselves to think and act out these same values, these same attitudes, these same actions, then we'll be moving very powerfully, very practically, very provocatively even, into a new and even maybe better expression of ourselves. And by doing this, will be undoubtedly pushing deeper into the heart and expression of the uncommodified life. And we will become, as they have become to me, absolutely unforgettable. Here's the first of the three traits that we're going to look into today, and the seventh of the nine, if you're keeping track. These absolutely unforgettable people, these uncommodified outliers, they were unrelenting. Now, just to clarify, I didn't say relentless, which is something quite different. Although we do tend to use these at times almost interchangeably in modern language, unrelenting and relentless definitely do not mean the same thing at all. Relentless means oppressively incessant, harsh or inflexible, and they definitely were not like this. But they were absolutely unrelenting, which the dictionary defines as not yielding in strength or determination. They were strong and determined men and women, teenagers, adults, seniors. They were strong-willed and they were decisively determined. Once they decided which way they needed to go, which way they must go, what they believed in, and how they would stand out and what they would stand up for, there was nothing 
No thing and no one that could or would stop them from pressing in and moving forward. As the long-distance runner Karagucher said, be unrelenting. If you don't believe, then who will? They challenged me and they taught me to be an unrelenting kind of person, which for me has come to me being dogged, being determined, being diligent, to muster up all my strength, all my emotional strength, my spiritual strength, my psychological strength, uh, my, my mental strength, and at times even my physical strength, and channel that energy consistently and persistently towards my preferred destiny, for my benefit, and more importantly, as I learned from them, for the benefit of others. They challenged me and they taught me by their example to work harder and to go further than anyone else, to be the first to arrive and the last to leave the battle I choose to fight. They were dogs. They were dogs on a bone. Like my little dog Jackson, uh, the Dachshund Chihuahua mix, who I love to death, like him on a new cow's ear, unrelenting, not yielding in desire until he eats it all, it's all done. They were tenacious, which means tending to keep a firm hold of something. Once they grabbed onto it, whatever it was, they weren't letting go. When they sunk their teeth into something and took the first bite, and maybe the second or the third, if that was what was required to eat the whole thing, they got the job done. They completed the task. They crossed the finish line. Because coming up short for them was not an option, and it is no longer an option for me. They challenged me and they taught me by their example to go the, the second, the third, the fourth mile if required. And they taught me to carry my backpack and someone else's and everyone else's if required at the same time. They were people of unrelenting action and unrelenting belief and faith. They understood and lived in the truth of what the author and podcaster Anthony Ionario wrote in his November 15th, 2013 blog. Here's what he said. There is power in being unrelenting. It isn't the action that gets you results. It is the consistent action that produces results. It isn't the action perfectly taken once or twice that makes the difference, he wrote. It is the taking of that action over and over again, time after time. The action may not be quite right, but over time, it gets you closer and closer to the ideal. You gain effectiveness, he wrote, little by little. Over time, you get closer. It's important to take the first step, to begin, but no one talks about the second step or the third step or the 333rd step. But the unrelenting march from the first step is what moves you forward. These absolutely unforgettable, uncommodified outliers were people of action, not perfect action by no means, but consistent and persistent action. So here's my challenge to you today. Find that bone. Find that cow's ear that's found its way under your living room couch and start chewing on it again. Start gnawing on it again and again and be so unrelenting that no one will ever forget you again. Here's something else I noticed and I noted about these people that are difficult to forget. They were also what I have come to call unfrozen. Now, for this one, I have found great wisdom from one of my grandson Jude's favorite sages. A guy that at times, yeah, maybe seem a little cold, but I found that his wisdom can cut through the ice and melt away my own stoicism. The wisdom of Olaf. Now, not the clever 16th century philosopher, but the witty and wise and whimsical snowman from the Disney movie Frozen and Frozen 2, 
which admittedly I've watched far too many times for a man of my age. Listen to this wisdom. Olaf reminds us of this. This is what he says. Some people are worth melting for. These people that I've had the privilege of connecting with, those people that are very, very difficult to forget, have melted for their sakes and for the sake of others, unfrozen themselves from their icy prisons that constricted their positive impact and effect on others. Now, here's the question. What did they melt away? Well, here it is. There's some things I noticed. They melted away their cynicism, melted away their their inclination to believe that people are motivated purely by self-interest. Here's what I saw and felt from them. They believed the best about themselves and others. But they weren't naive about it either. They understood that their first nature and the first nature of others is not always pure. But they chose to believe that there is a better and more unique part of ourselves aching to break free and be seen. As my friends Chris and Liv McQueen so poetically sing in their 2019 song entitled Better Angels, I am not quite who I choose to be, but I am who I am and who I am is what I need you to see. Sometimes the truth is a most uncomfortable thing, they sing. But I am who I am, and what you see is what I need to believe. My better angels don't always win, and sometimes the light's not the place I've been. Some days I have a fiery soul, but some days I believe all the lies I've told. This is my declaration of imperfection. I pledge allegiance to my intention. What powerful words. These unforgettable ones are not always their better selves. They're better angels. But like the caterpillar emerging from the chrysalis, they are strengthening their angel wings, as it were, as they break free from conformity to the homogeneous horde, and they encourage me to do the same. They melted away their skepticism, melted away their doubt and their disposition of distrust. Their wise choice to trust and to have unusually inspiring confidence in others brought out the best in them and created an environment that called out the unique contribution of others. Their liberal confidence and trust in the general goodwill and the good intentions of their fellow unique homo sapiens sparked self-trust and it sparked self-confidence within those who were recipients of their liberal confidence and trust. And this, in turn, ignited a powerful desire to be better and do unusually better and greater things. I know it did in me. They also melted away their sarcasm, melted away their desire to use their most powerful tool, their words, to insult, to bite, and to cause pain in a seemingly funny or witty way. Sarcasm derives from Greek words that literally mean tearing of the flesh. Sarcasm is ultimately hostility and disdain disguised as humor. Now, don't get me wrong. These unforgettable ones that were funny, but they were really witty at times. They, they, they'd make you bust a gut laughing. But here it is. They didn't use that gift to gut their friends and colleagues. Instead, they were just respectfully truthful. If they wanted to tell you something that may be challenging or even hurtful, they didn't use sarcasm. All they did is they just used truthfulness, respectfully. They didn't hide the knife in the cake and cut you with it. They cut you a piece of cake, sat down and ate it with you, and then skillfully and with kindness used that knife like a surgeon's scalpel to wound to heal. They taught me the art of speaking the truth in love and with love to bring out the best and most unique qualities of myself and others. 
They also melted the icy crystals of sameness, just to fit in, the icy crystals of unhealthy homogeneity. And as they did, it brought to life the wonderful uniqueness and diversity within the groups of people they interacted with and encountered. They encountered diversity, they encouraged diversity and uniqueness, they sought it out, and ultimately they created it all around them. They also melted the evil, evil force of delay. They unfroze their fingers and toes and made them ready for action. And then they breathed on the extremity of others. They melted away their procrastination, their own procrastination, and the procrastination of others that puts our opportunity for positive impact into a cryogenic sleep. The heart of their action melted away the inaction of others, and together they got it done, whatever it was. And even when there was an SH in front of the it, they got it done with and for others. They were a breath of fresh air, fresh, warm air that melted the icy environment around them. What a gift they were and continue to be to me and others. Okay, listen, back to the wisdom of Olaf for a second. That witty, wise, and whimsical snowman, remember him? Hear this truth from him today. Only the act of true love will thaw a frozen heart. Here's what I found to be true. These unforgettable ones, the... They were lovers. They acted with love and compassion for themselves and others. They could melt your heart almost instantly when you saw theirs. And they allowed their heart to be fully exposed, to be visible. Not all of them wore their heart on their sleeve, but you could never forget or deny you saw it and felt it. They were unthawed. They were unfrozen. But in which ways? They were unthawed and unfrozen emotionally. They were passionate and you saw it in their unique way, not fake or false, but a true expression of emotions that let you know they were fully present and fully engaged with you. They turned that passion into action and in turn that inspired the action of others. They laughed, they cried, they yelled, they even whispered. They allowed you to see into their souls and be inspired if you chose to be. You were never ever left wondering if they were just the tin man from the Wizard of Oz in need of a new heart. They were unthawed unfrozen physically. They were animated, they moved, and and they were on the move. They ran or sometimes walked at a brisk pace. But I never saw them just saunter. I encountered people, even rather aged people, that still possessed the vitality of their youth. They had unthawed the waters and found the fountain of youth could flow again for them. Not, Not a physical fountain, but a metaphoric one with seemingly magical powers. One that when they drank from it, gave them the renewed physical capacity and energy and desire to take the action required to make a difference and inspire that same action in others. They were also unthawed and unfrozen spiritually. On a deep, inside, intuitive, um, maybe what we would call a spiritual level, they were fully alive, alive to themselves and others, and even to something or someone much bigger than themselves. Some of them were religious, but that's not what I'm really talking about. Here's what I noticed. They lived with a deep sense that there was more to life than what we see, more to them and to you and to me than just what meets the eye. And this disposition this, this proposition unthawed them in an intrinsically intriguing way to me. They, they seemed to see through me. They seemed to see through others. Or even better said, within others. They seemed to see within me. And you knew that what they saw, whether they said it with their words or just their eyes, they liked. 
They liked you and appreciated you, the unique you, and that feeling unthawed you as well. Now it's your turn. And Jude, my almost four-year-old, going on almost 40-some-days grandson, wants you to practice the wisdom of Olaf, that wise, witty, and whimsical snowman, and get unfrozen today. And lastly, uh, the, the ninth of nine, or the third one today, or maybe more truthfully, not the lastly, firstly, these absolutely uncommodified, unforgettable outliers were unusually unselfish. All this culminated in them being amazingly unusual, uncommon, and caused them to uncommodify unselfishly for others, for the sake and benefit of others. They gave of themselves. They gave of their time, their attention, their resources, their money. They gave their unfrozen heart and hands, and they gave until it hurt. I saw them sacrifice many times, sacrifice for others. Like our friend Paul, who chose to live outside, homeless, when he had a home for many months, and not just in the summer months, but, but harsh Canadian winter months, to raise attention and action concerning the issue of homelessness in his community. Unforgettable unselfishness. Or like my friend Harmon, who in 2010 was selected one of the world's top 10 CNN heroes of the year. Harmon and his family chose to leave the comfort of their life in the U.S. and even the relative comfort of his home in Kenya and lived in the Kenyan bush for months at a time, moved by the realities of life in rural Africa. People who could not reach a medical clinic or children who couldn't get to school or farmers who were unable to sell their crops, moved by the reality that in an isolated, what Harmon would call the walking world, rivers bring both life and death. Flood seasons actually cuts villages off from all outside resources and desperate attempts to cross those rivers often end in tragedy. Harmon, now the founder of Bridging the Gap Africa, heard these stories and determined to make a difference. So he began building footbridges over dangerous rivers in Kenya. He and his team have made undeniable positive impact on thousands of people. Unforgettable unselfishness. Paul and Herman's ideals brought to life, animated by their actions, reminds me of a powerful and provocative quote from a sermon entitled, I've Been to the Mountaintop, by the great orator and uncommodifier, Martin Luther King Jr., a sermon delivered on the 3rd of April, 1968, in Memphis, Tennessee. This is what he said, let us develop a kind of dangerous unselfishness and decide not to be compassionate by proxy. Those most unforgettable to me, like like Paul and and like Harmon and countless others, risked the possibility of being taken advantage of when they chose to not just send their money or just send someone else to be compassionate for them on behalf of them, but rather to use their unfrozen heart and hands to personally touch the pain and the problem they wanted to see go away the pain and the problem they wanted to vanish and to be banished. They didn't solve it by proxy. Whether it's a societal or social pain and problem, or or it's a business pain or a business problem for you, here's what I noticed. Those most unforgettable to me didn't send others to the front line. They strapped on their boots, grabbed their backpack and their gun if required, and shot that problem right in the heart. Themselves for themselves and others. Unforgettable unselfishness. Now, 
For those of you who might be beginning to feel that these musings are starting to get a little bit too socialistic for your liking, a little too far left leaning maybe, may I introduce you to someone? May I introduce you to B.C. Forbes, the Scottish-born American financial journalist and author who founded Forbes magazine. Here's what he said, and listen closely. The human being, he said, who lives only for himself finally reaps nothing but unhappiness. Selfishness corrodes. Here's what he said. Unselfishness ennobles, which, by the way, means to lend greater dignity to. And then he went on to say, unselfishness satisfies. Here's the bottom line in this quote for me. People don't always need you to lend them money. But when we lend others the dignity they deserve, we become and will remain to them absolutely unforgettable. So go ahead, challenge yourself to get unusually unselfish. Satisfy yourself and others today. Make yourself and those around you happy as you ennoble yourself and others through unselfish action. So today, we uncover and investigate the last three of the nine powerful and provocative traits of the absolutely uncommodified leaders and influencers that I've had the privilege of connecting with over the past 30 years. They were unrelenting, they were unfrozen, and they were unusually unselfish. And you and I can and must be too. The question is, how do we do it? Or maybe more importantly, why? Why do I ask questions at the end of each episode of this podcast? Maybe you've been listening for a while and wondering, why do I ask these questions? Well, it's really rather simple. To help you get unusually practical, which is one of the core ideas behind this podcast. And that's not about me telling you what to do. That's not my place. That's not my job. I need to tell myself what to do. I can't even listen to myself some days, so why would you listen to me? That's not my job to tell you what exactly to do and how exactly you should do it. That's your job. That's your work. The how is rather simple, but in reality, it's still quite hard. But the hard work starts by uncaging all this with some wonderful questions. Over the next few days, muse about these questions that will incite and inspire you if you let them to move these ideas and insight through your ears, into your head, into your heart, and out through your unfrozen hands as you ask yourself some questions and answer them through your actions. So here are several questions for you to consider this week as we end this series. Number one, are you absolutely unforgettable? And if so, why? And if not, why not? Number two, are you as unrelenting as you need to be? If not, why not? Number three, what bone is hiding under your living room couch? And what do you need to do this week to get it out and start chewing on it again? And what will be the positive benefit of that for you and others? Four, which icy prison constricts your positive impact and effect on others the most? Is it cynicism, skepticism, sarcasm, sameness, or the evil one of delay? How will you get unfrozen today in that area, and what will be the positive benefit of that for you and others if you do it? Fifth, what will you do this week to unthaw yourself emotionally, physically, or spiritually? And what will be the benefit, the positive benefit, for you and for others if you do it? Six, what will you do to heed the wise counsel and challenge of Martin Luther King Jr. to develop dangerous unselfishness, and decide not to be compassionate by proxy. 
and what will be the positive benefit for you and others if you did it? And lastly, what exceptional, what extraordinary, and uncommodified action will you take this week to break the spell of sameness? Thanks for listening in today. If you have not subscribed to the Uncommodified podcast yet, do it today. Do it right now. And please rate and review the show on whatever platform you listen on. That would be so helpful to help us spread the word. Now it's time for you to own what you heard today and get it out of your head and activate it in your life. And when you do, email me at tim at theuncommodified.com and connect with me on social media and tell me how you are uncommodifying yourself and standing out for all the right reasons in a very crowded world.